I'm Allison, and this is YBYA. Today we're going to be talking about adaptations. Good, bad, and ugly, and everything in between. To set the parameters for this podcast, we're mostly going to be talking about books-to-screen adaptations. That does include TV shows and movies. Additionally, we're going to be focusing mainly on YA adaptations, because there are so many book-to-movie adaptations now, I can't even keep them all straight. So to start, we're going to do what we always do and talk about what we're currently reading. So, Allison, you want to go first? Sure. I'm only reading one thing right now, which is weird. Um, <laughs> what? I actually haven't started it yet. It's, like, about to be started. But I'm reading Royal Bastards, which is a YA that's coming out in, like, two weeks. It's an arc that I have. It's about a bunch of kids who are the bastards of royalty who band together and try to either stop or start a revolution. Not sure on that. There's a revolution. I forget which side they're on. <laughs> that sounds great. Yeah, so it's a it's an arc, and I'm trying to read it before June. I literally just finished The Names They Gave Us this morning and started These Broken Stars, which is really cool because These Broken Stars is actually a traveling book. Danny Darling gave it to me. She's a booktuber friend of mine, and this book has currently been to California, Texas, North Scotland, Ireland, and London right now, and so cool. I now have it, which is really cool. And so if anybody's listening to this who's interested in These Broken Stars, a copy of that traveling book, let me know. Tweet it to me, and I will happily talk to you about sending it to you next. To start, I wanted to talk about, like, what works in an adaptation and what doesn't work in an adaptation, in our opinions. So what do you think on that, Allison? Yeah, so I think what makes adaptations work is attention to detail in the set. So really, yeah, so I think like if, so if I read a book that I was obsessed with and I watched a movie that was made from it and the set, like, I feel like those little details in the set really can draw you in without knowing it. If it feels right, I think it works. That's an interesting thought because I hadn't thought about the set. In my head, I was thinking very much of staying true to the plot, because that's always something that I find really irritating, and I am going to deviate from YA super quick. There's an adaptation of The Count of Monte Cristo that irritates the living daylights out of me, because they completely changed the ending of it, and I was like, what the heck? And I was so upset. And so when adaptations do that, and they stray from the plot, that's something that I struggle with. So I would think that plot is something that keeps them on track, and that to me is when they work, is when they stay true to what the story is. Yeah, I agree. I just think that, like, they either need to be very true to the plot or be inspired by the book. Okay, so another thing that I think makes adaptations work really well is an understanding of the entire plot, which is difficult when it's a series. Explain. Let's take Divergent, for example. Oh, dear God. <laughs> the viewership for Divergent fell off like crazy. Like, Hardcore. They aren't even making the last one or if they are they did it's like a tv movie now right like on hulu or something so i feel like and for harry potter for example the books were still coming out as the movies were coming out so unless you're really working closely with the author to understand where the plot's going you can lose readers really fast because you create these giant plot holes if you weren't paying attention so i think in that way standalones are often better as movie adaptations because it's easy. It's all right there in front of you. You know what's going to happen. You know how not to break the plot. 
I think it. I think that's very true. I think that Harry Potter set a precedent for working with the author because any adaptations that happened before then, because there were plenty of them, to this day, some of the most iconic movies are based off of books, Jaws, Godfather, again, I'm referencing ones that aren't YA, but this is not a foreign concept of taking a book and adapting it to the screen. But I think Harry Potter set a really interesting precedent for series being turned into movies. And again, I know Godfather is a series, but to me, I think it's very interesting how they worked with J.K. Rowling and how involved she was, which was unheard of. And a lot of people have talked about how that was unheard of. And so I think it has set a precedent because I know Stephanie Meyer was in on Twilight. I know Veronica Roth was in on Divergent. Yeah. And it's really interesting now. John Green was in on The Fault in Our Stars. And it's, so it's really interesting. But on the same token, Rick Riordan was not in on Percy Jackson. And Lois Lowry was not in on The Giver. It might depend on the studio and the author's willingness to be part of it. Right. I think, and I think, I'll be honest, the ones I know where the authors are involved are tend to be better. Yes. Because just even thinking about the five I just mentioned, despite my dislike of Divergent, it was a better adaptation than, like, The Giver or Percy Jackson. Sure. And, I don't know, it's an interesting thing to see if the author involved, having the author involved makes it better. Or does having the author involved create too much trouble for the studio? I don't know. It's interesting. That being said, I'm curious about format. Which is better? A TV show adaptation or a movie adaptation? Because now TV show adaptations have spiked in terms of popularity and they really do offer an interesting perspective because you do get to lengthen it. What benefits are there from doing it as a TV show and what negatives are there from doing it as a TV show versus a movie, do you think? I think fantasy and sci-fi and all speculative fiction works better as a TV show typically. Yeah, putting it by genre is a really interesting right. way of looking at it. And then I think contemporaries work pretty well as movies, especially if they're standalones or books in a series that can stand on their own. Right. Well, it's interesting because there is such a... There are ones that... Like Pretty Little Liars, for instance, is what I'm thinking of. It's a contemporary sure. based off of a long-standing series. Gossip Girl is the same way. So those are contemporary albeit dramatic, but contemporary stories that aren't. That's true. And, and, they, and they've been very successful. And the, ser the book series for either of those is pretty long. Yeah, they're right? rather long. So that kind of aids that, too, for content for series and series and series. Because fantasy and or spe all speculative fiction series typically involve world building, which I think goes better in TV shows because you have time to truly explore the world instead of being told, this is the world, and we're going to spend five minutes talking about it, and then you just know. Well, yeah, and I think it's interesting, though, but there are some really successful fantasy movies out there. I that's mean, it's true. Star Wars aside, because, again, that's its own... And it's not a book. And it's not a book. There's a lot of really successful fantasy movies out there. I think, like... I think it's harder. I think it is harder. And I think... I wonder if that generation... Because it was really big in the 80s, too, of this, like, fantasy series when they were discovering puppetry and CGI and all of that. Again, Star Wars being one of the two to forces with that. But I find it interesting now that it's towards more of like a urban fantasy superhero-ness with the superhero revolution and the Marvel Studios. You can think about it in terms of trends. So in the early 2000s to the early 2010s, there was a lot of dystopian and fantasy, mostly dystopian, <laughs> adaptations because Hunger Games 
blew up and then everyone was like, I'm writing a dystopian novel and we're going to make it to a movie. And that's kind of fallen back and it's, as you've said before, become more contemporary adaptations. But I think that it's, again, a series versus standalone thing. Yeah. I think it's contemporaries and realistic standalones have been, they've been making them since then, too. Because think about Sister of the Traveling Pants. Oh, yeah. Or, which isn't a standalone, so that really ruins my example. But but they can stand alone. Like, the books themselves are episodic. But do you really think that contemporary adaptation shifted when Fault in Our Stars came out? Because that, to me, is really what happened, was the shift of, because if you think about it, there was Hunger Games, Divergent, Maze Runner, those types. Twilight, I would even include in there somewhere. Yeah. And then it went to Fault in Our Stars happened and was such a huge success adaptation-wise. It was a great success as a book, too. But then you're starting to get Paper Towns, Everything, Everything, which are Reasons Why, like, which is a TV show, but still, like, they're all standalone books. And Before I Fall is a standalone book. Yeah. That so recently came out, too. I think it's because contemporaries work as movies because they're standalone. They have a single idea in one book, and movies do the same thing. So it's easy to adapt in that way, rather than with fantasy or things that have lots of world building or series, it becomes harder to put them into movie form. And so it was only, like the biggest of the big that got made or popular. Which is unfortunate because there are some that were better. Like, I always argue that Legend, that trilogy, was so much better than Divergent. And Divergent was, like, too similar to Hunger Games to really get adapted into anything. And I always am interested to know what is the process between deciding what gets turned into a TV show and what gets turned into a movie. Because in my opinion, I don't think 13 Reasons Why needed to be turned into a TV show. I think it could have made a really excellent movie. I'm not, a, I'm not upset that it's a TV show, but to me, I'm like... I'm upset that there's going to be a second season. That's what's insane. It makes no sense. Like, why? <laughs> that's that's where it gets tricky with TV shows. Because if you if you explore the entire book in one season, you got to do something else. Because you're not going to just release one season of a TV show. Well, it's like Shadowhunters has expanded beyond the world. That's contained within the books. And I know Vampire Diaries was another example that did that same thing, that the plot deviated from the book. But then at that point, when does it stop becoming an adaptation? Is it still an adaptation because the characters and the original ideas were the same? But it's deviated and developed in different ways. I remember there was a big controversy when Game of Thrones, the TV show, finally caught up with the book. And then they were like, well, what the heck are they going to do? Right. And they are doing it. I mean, George R. R. Martin is basically like, here's the story, and then they're making it. And... Honestly, it wouldn't be surprised if the Game of Thrones TV show just replaces the last George R. R. Martin books because he sucks at writing them. He takes forever, and everyone's afraid he's going to die before he writes them. So then let's go to that. Are adaptations necessary? Like, what do they add to the story? If Because do they become their own story and it's just an extension of the fandom? Or, like, what do they add, truly? You know, and in my head, I'm like, there are certain ones that I, I would love to see more of, and there are certain ones like, God, give me, just act out every chapter of Harry Potter ever. But <laughs> I, I, but there are some, like, everything, everything, I didn't feel the need to see that as a movie, and I don't know why. And, and I wonder if that goes back to your idea of genre, that we want to explore this world more, whereas the contemporary ones, I'm like, okay, I'm content with this one little story I have with them. All adaptations add is fans. 
you are creating a more mainstream avenue for fans because there is a large population of people who don't read, which of course boggles our minds, but they it's don't true. they don't read and so they don't get to experience these stories. And so it's a whole nother aspect of storytelling. It takes a, a written tradition and turns it back into an oral tradition. Which is hilarious and backwards and really funny to me. Yes. We agree then on some level that they're not necessary, but they are nice. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's when done well, they're a great adaptation to it. Um like, for me, I remember I loved seeing Holes on the screen. It is, to this day, one of my favorite adaptations, and I think it was so well done. But I think it adds a sense, another way to share the story with people. And I think it adds a really awesome visual element, too, because it gets it outside of people's heads, which is some of the beauty of reading. But at the same time, I think it allows for more conversation about the book, but then this, if they're interested enough in the movie, might make them go back and read the book, which I have admittedly done. I am not always one of those people that is like, I have to read the book before the movie. Oh, I go the other way all the time. Yeah, I'm not... I did that with Holes. I had not read Holes until this year. Who are you? I know. <laughs> but I saw the movie when it came out, and I loved it. Yeah. And then I just never read the book, and then I read it for a class as part of a material selection, and yeah. I was like, this is amazing. And they did such a great job with the adaptation. It's so true. It's so true. There are some adaptations that I think are better than the books. I, I struggle a lot with people that are like, the book is always better. And I'm like, no. But in those instances, what are what do you think makes the adaptation better than the book? Because I think I know sometimes what it is, but I don't I'm curious if you have any of those my opinion thoughts. My opinion on that is it's writing style. So if I can't connect to the author's style of writing, but the story is good, and then somebody takes it and writes a screenplay that is excellent, because mm -hmm. the story is excellent, and then I like their writing style, I'm going to like it better. My biggest example is Game of Thrones. I've read the first Game of Thrones book. I've watched all of Game of Thrones, the Game of Thrones show. I don't want to read the books. I don't like his writing style, but I love the story. So he had this really great idea, but he didn't communicate it in a way that I connected to. So that being said, that we've touched on it a bit, but I'd love to go to what our favorite and what our least favorite adaptations are. Um, yeah. Do you want to give me one of your favorites? Yeah, so one of my favorites, and this is also one that I think is better than the book, is Stardust. Yes! I completely agree. By Neil Gaiman. I Neil completely Gaiman agree. The movie Which is, is so hard to Ooh. say. Don't get me wrong. I'm a Gaiman fan. Me too. But the movie, man... I have a huge crush on Charlie Cox, who plays the, uh, oh my god, what's his name? The lead. Oh no. To the interwebs! Tristan! Thank you! <laughs> I didn't look it up, I remember. <laughs> yes, I have watched that movie an inordinate number of times. It used to have be the only movie I had on my computer, and I just like watch it and watch it and watch it. And I actually didn't know that it was inspired by a book until I started working in libraries, and then I read it, and I was like, oh. It's not nearly as good. <laughs> it's like fine, opinion. but it's not good. Like, no. Not the same. Well, and I love the characters and what they bring to it. Robert De Niro as oh. Captain Shakespeare and Michelle Pfeiffer as the queen witch person and Claire, Claire Danes as the star. I just, uh, it makes me so happy. And I've watched like all the behind the scenes stuff on it. I love that adaptation. It's a great one. It's so good. So good. <laughs> 
Was that one of your favorites on your list? I did not put it on my list, actually, so I'm so glad that you did. I forgot about it. One of my favorites is Holes. I remember watching it as a kid and being like, yes, it's like the book came to life, which is what I feel like adaptations should be, is literally just breathing life into it. And it was, they literally only forgot and cut out one thing, and that was Zigzag's birthday in right. it, where Zigzag gets beat upside the head. Which is fine. And I was like, that is so okay with me because everything in it was true. And again, those performances with Patricia Arquette and even Shia LaBeouf and the kid who played Zero, who I also had the biggest crush on. Like, it just was so well done. But I also think, Holes is on my list too. Yeah. Possibly it's really good because it's short. So they were able to get all of the content in the movie. I wonder about that too. That's, I think, another factor. But... And it's just such a good story. Like, how the hell could you screw that up? <laughs> it's so good. The second one and, like, the other one that comes to my mind is Catching Fire. Because that's my favorite in the Hunger Games trilogy. I think the Hunger Games movie, the first one, sucked. But Catching Fire was awesome. And again, talk about the world and the spectacle of it. And I'm just like, it's so good. In my opinion. Yeah. I love Catching Fire. Again. Not Mockingjay Part 1 and Part 2, and not The Hunger Games, but Catching Fire. <laughs> and even that book was my favorite book out of the three of them, too. I think that was my favorite book, too. Yeah. Because Mockingjay just sucked, and I just hated every single second of it. And I was like, why is this happening? <laughs> Do you have another one? I have one more. Princess Bride. Yes! Princess Bride is another one that is better than the book. Yeah, and that's that's kind of where I was going with, like, best. My favorite adaptations are almost always better than the book. Princess Bride is so awesome, and I have watched that movie over and over and over again and it holds up so well like it's old it's old but it holds up it's still funny and it's amazing i just love that movie and we i swear i saw it recently in the theaters they were doing like a retro movie thursday or something and so i got to go watch it in the theaters and me and my mom are quoting everything and giggling the living daylights out of it it's just so good well and i like quoted at random people and they know what that i'm talking about <laughs> inconceivable i don't think you know that. i'm just gonna stop right there because i'm gonna get like copyright issues what are some of your least favorites allison okay <laughs> aragon it's horrible i loved those books i, and I was like so i was so pissed when i watched the movie i was like what is this crap yeah it was terrible i i was floored by how bad it was because i think Aragon is one of the ones where I think they could have made a really cool TV show out of it. Because it's, the scope is epic. And he goes through this crazy transition. So I really think they could make, like, a a season out of every book. If somebody did it right, it was just done so poorly. That was so bad. (laughs) So bad. I have to go with Percy Jackson and The Lightning Thief and The Sea of Monsters. Both of them blew. Hardcore. Sucked so bad. It was just... So disheartening and terrible. But that's another one that I think could be a TV show. Like, if they did the Heroes of Olympus TV show, would be so great. Because he's written so many books. And now that he's tying the worlds on top of them, I don't know why they haven't done that yet. But he was so disgusted with the movie. And, like, he's Rick Riordan has so many Twitter feeds about how bad the movie is. (laughs) Which just makes me sad, because it's a good one. They didn't go past Sea of Monsters, right? They just stopped. Yeah, they combined all the last four books into Sea of Monsters. What? I haven't seen them because I knew they were terrible. It's terrible. Oh, you know what's another good contemporary I'm going to throw out there is Perks of Being a Wallflower. That was not one we mentioned. I have that on my dislikes. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. 
okay, let's have this discussion. Just because I was obsessed with that book. Yeah. When I was like in eighth grade, and I read it a lot, and I just think that I I wasn't in love. It wasn't. It, I don't hate it. I don't hate the adaptation. I just wasn't in love with it. Really? I think I think Emma Watson wasn't her choice for that. Character. Oh, I don't. Know. I agree with that, but and I think some of the like relationship building that happens between the three main characters is kind of lost in the movie. Really? Yeah. I thought it was a great. I especially loved the kid Ezra something. Ezra Miller. Ezra Miller, thank you. Ezra Miller is who he is and Paul Rudd is the teacher. I loved those relationships and I loved how the story portrayed it and I loved how honest they were. I I love that movie and I really liked the book too. I thought it was good. Which is so funny to me that you didn't like it. I think I was just, it may have been because I read it so many times and I yeah. was so sure of who the characters were in my head mm-hmm. that seeing them felt wrong. I think that's another disadvantage to adaptations a lot is people are like, that's not how I saw it in my head. And they feel very betrayed sometimes, which I know I felt that. Yeah. A lot. Do you have another one? Uh, yeah. The A Series of Unfortunate Events movie. <gasps> Was terrible. With the Jim Carrey movie. Oh, so bad. It was horrible. Oh, so bad. The new TV show is great. The new TV show is awesome. I and I love it. it. I love that it's got this Pushing Daisies vibe. And it's so well done. Oh, that makes me happy. But the movie was horrible. The movie was so, so bad. And it was funny because I heard people talking about Jim Carrey's Olaf versus Neil Patrick Harris's Olaf. And people saying, oh, I miss Jim Carrey's Olaf. And I was like, what is wrong with you? That is not, he's, his Olaf was not evil. Those people are crazy who are thinking that Jim Carrey was better. I just thought of another one. Oh, the Mortal Instruments movie. <laughs> I made my ex-boyfriend go see it with me because I, and I'll be honest, it doesn't help that I didn't like the books. Don't, don't hate me viewers, but I am a YA person who did not like Mortal Instruments. They exist. I'm sorry, not sorry. Anyway. The Mortal Instruments movie, though, I went to go see it solely for the purpose to see if the ending was the same. Because I remember the ending was so controversial, and I'm not going to spoil it for you guys, but, like, what Clary and Jace find out about their past. And I was like, they're not going to do this in the movie, are they? Like, this is not... They won't... Hollywood won't do that. Oh, yeah, no, they did. And it was terrible, and it was so poorly done, and it was just like, what is this crap? So I'm really glad for the Shadowhunter fandom that they got the TV show on the CW. It isn't a unique situation that Shadowhunters has, too, having a movie adaptation and then a show. I guess we just the talked about Series of Fortune Events did that, too. But The that fandom was, needed it, though. It was very close together, though. Like only Very close years. together. I think the fandom was so huge that they had to do something because the movie was such a failure. So what do you want to see as an adaptation? Oh, my gosh. A Darker Shade of Magic. Which is supposedly being turned into a TV show. I'm gonna lose my mind. And V.E. Schwab is like a part of it. Yeah. Or it's gonna be turned into a movie, actually. No. Because that's what was happening. She was writing the pilot for the TV show, but now it's being turned into a movie. So I'm okay with that. I would have preferred a TV show, but now I just get it all in one beautiful, glorious chunk, and it means it's gonna have a bigger budget, which means it's gonna be more beautiful, and ah, I'm so excited. <laughs> What's one that you wanna see? Tomorrow Appearance. I want to make a whole TV show. Just a whole TV show about called Tor- Tortal. Tor- That's all I want. It's just a TV show called Tortal, and it starts with Alana, and it goes through Kel, 
and with all the different battles, and it can be like Game of Thrones and Outlander and just evolve itself, and we can get all the sex and all the violence and all the growing up, and it just is awesome. But it's called Tortal, and it's like Merlin. Have you seen Merlin? Yes. <sighs> yes. That's all I want. I know, I just took that from you, and I'm so sorry. No, like, sorry. I want to write We've it. We've talked about it before. <laughs> it's, it's something that I've hoped for, and I don't know if it will ever happen. But no. it's Because it, if it hasn't happened, it's not going to. It would be a huge undertaking, but it would be glorious. It would be amazing. Also, Six of Crows TV show would be awesome. I have not read Six of Crows. Holy crap. (laughs) It would be amazing. The book is kind of like Ocean's Eleven fantasy world edition. Okay. So it's it's a heist story. It's epic. And the characters are so complex. And it's told from six perspectives. So I think that it would be easy to adapt into a show because you you know what everyone's thinking in the book mm-hmm. and it's a duology so you could have a couple of seasons at least and then maybe continue with them i would love it if they it would be really interesting if they did it like the dear white people tv show on netflix which was originally the movie but the way that they did the tv show was like interlapping right where they switch perspectives yeah, every episode exactly that would be an interesting dynamic if they did that with i would shows. be obsessed if they did that oh, yeah lee bardugo fandom would lose its minds that would be I super think, cool. I, think I haven't read any of her books. I'm pretty sure the Grisha trilogy is getting movies. Are they? Pretty that sure. That wouldn't be surprising to me. But I want Six of Crows, not that one. Mm-hmm. I also have more Holly Black. Yes. Because they did Spider-Man Chronicles, which were... Which was... Yeah, I take it or leave it. Yeah. But I want... Darkest, Although I love Freddie Highmore. I want Darkest Part of the Forest, and I want Coldest Girl in Cold Town. Adopted. I need to read those. I want, I want a TV show of White Cat. Are you kidding me? That mobster urban fantasy, like, touching people, the underground crime would be so great. Yes, that would be very similar in the vein of Six of Crows. Six of Crows, yeah. Same genre, of, same audience. Right, of the TV show adaptation style. Oh my gosh, I would drool over that. What's coming out? I know what's coming out this year, and what's coming out next year? What did we get this year? We got Before I Fall, which was Lauren Oliver Contemporary, 13 Reasons Why, which is a Netflix TV show contemporary. Everything, Everything just recently came out. Famous in Love is a CW TV show with Bella Thorne. Between Shades of Grey, aka Shades of or Ashes in the Snow, and Let It and Let It Snow by John Green and Maureen Johnson and Lauren Miracle is coming out too in December as a Christmas movie. I've got a lot for twenty eighteen. Yeah, um, let's just do that. Okay. Isn't an Ember in the Ashes is twenty eighteen? I think it's and I think it's so this will be twenty eighteen and beyond. Because yeah, a lot of and these beyond. are Planned, planned, but we don't know. They get pushed back all the time. So let's talk about these and let's talk about whether we're excited or not excited for them. So yay or nay. Queen of Shadows, which is a Throne of Glass TV show that's going on Hulu. What? Yeah, starting next year. What? I am so excited. I didn't know that was happening. Yeah. (laughs) Michaela can't speak right now. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah, I am very excited about that one. I'm a really bad Sarah J. Moss fan. I am also because I haven't finished the series. You're just a new Sarah J. Moss. I am. I am a new Sarah J. Moss fan. Okay, so that's coming out. Um, Shatter Me by Zaha Hafi. I hated that book series. I have no interest. I haven't read them. It's becoming a TV show. Yes, I knew that, actually. I did know that because um, Tara Moffey announced it and she's helping write it. Right. Um, Which might mean it's good. Well, yeah, but I didn't like the book. Right. I couldn't stand the book. I was so pissed and I hate that love triangle and I just didn't... I, uh, 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 um, that's how I feel about that. Illuminate. 
But that's not coming for a little while. Yeah, this is probably beyond 2018. This is beyond 2018 because, but I don't, how? How are they going to take that beautifully written book with all of its visual aspects and turn it into a movie? What? How? I don't know. It'll be interesting. I am interested to watch it because I would love to see how they do it, but I'm not confident that it will be good. Ready Player One, which everyone knows about. Yeah. Um, I really liked that book, and so I'm totally okay with it being turned into an adaptation. I think it's actually going to be a really awesome visual movie, especially since Steven Spielberg's doing it. Right. And the cast is insanely cool, too. So, like, I, I'm looking forward to it. The reason I'm hesitant is because they need to do it right. If they screw with it, it's going to be a mess. <laughs> but it's another standalone fantasy that would do really well on the screen. Right. Why We Broke Up by Daniel oh, Handler. Yep, who's Lemony Snicket. Yes. Which, that is another interesting one. I, I can't wait for that one and how they translate the visual elements, because it's it's not a graphic novel, but it is in a way. Cause I haven't read it. It's, okay, so it's like, it's got pictures. It's like a, a YA picture book, so to speak, and it, all of them are items that she leaves in a box for him the boy that she's breaking up with, and it's like, this is us. And it, he chronicles their story going backwards as to why they broke up and trying to figure it out through this items he gave her. That's so it'll cool. Be, so it'd be really interesting to see the visualizations that they put in the book in a movie style. I wonder, I could see that working really well in, like, a Wes Anderson style. Oh, yes. The Merciless by Danielle Vega, which is a, it's like a horror. I've never even heard of that book. Basically, a group of girls who are exercising something. And so it's like a horror. My jaw is on the floor thriller. right now. And it's a series, and I'm not sure if it's like a series following the same characters or if it's like an anthology type series, but that is being optioned. And I'm, it sounds awesome. It would be really cool as a TV show. Finally, the final one I found that made, was relevant to us is the Wrinkle in Time adaptation that's coming out next yes. year. Yes. Which I'm nervous about. I'm nervous too. I also know Panic by Lauren Oliver is being turned into a movie. She's writing the screenplay for it. Daughter of Smoke and Bone has also been optioned, so hopefully that will be a thing, which that would be a beautiful thing Yeah, as I love well. that world. I know. It'd be awesome. The Queen of the Tearling, which is not exactly YA, but that's still being a thing. I hadn't heard about that one. Yeah, Emma Watson's going to be Kelsey. That's cool. Right? So do you have any other notes that you want to add about adaptations and what we think about them? In addition to specific adaptations, I would love to see more books adapted that are own voices, LGBTQ, and more sex positive, because I feel like the books that are adapted readily into TV shows and movies are often fairly safe in terms of heteronormative culture, and I think it would be awesome to see some stuff that pushes the boundaries of that. Speaking of own voices and diverse voices and LGBTQ, Allison and I are challenging each other in the month of June, as it is LGBTQ plus month in celebration of awareness. And we are deciding that we are only going to read LGBTQ books for the month of June. So we can finish the book that we're currently reading, but then we're challenging each other to only read uh, LGBTQ for the month of June, which is going to be really interesting. And so we're going to tie that into our uh, episodes in June. Specifically for me, I would like to see different genres do more with LGBT characters. Rather than just contemporary. Yes, as main characters. I want to see LGBT high fantasy. I want to see, you know, I want to see an asexual mystery Sherlockian kind of thing. Like, I want, because I like to read fantasy and I like to read mystery and I like to read speculative fiction and it's so saturated with cis 
that are non-good characters. So. It is. It's very true. Before the month of June, we're going to keep track of the books that we read on our website and we're on our Goodreads, but we're also going to come up with a list of recommendations for you guys if you want to join us on this journey. Even if it's just for a week or if you want to challenge yourself to read one, please feel free to join us for this. I know there's a lot of people on BookTube that are coming up with their pride TBRs. That's the other thing that they're calling it. So we'd love to have you guys join us and talk to us and continue the conversation on our social media sites. So you can follow us both on Twitter and in Goodreads and Instagram. And it's going to be a fun, fun month. I'm Kales. And I'm Allison. Now go read the thing. <laughs>